Nothing heals a heavy heart better than a heavy shopping bag. I'm Blakely Thomas Aguilar, and this is Pop Culture Tech, an original podcast brought to you by VMware. Do you remember the first thing you bought online? I do. It was a textbook and it blew my mind. Fast forward to today, a mere 25 years later, and there are two whole generations of human beings who couldn't comprehend the fact that you couldn't open an app and get something shipped right to your home in two days or less. Online shopping is now so common that Grandview Research says the e-commerce market value exceeded $10 trillion in 2020. And over half of consumers use smartphones for shopping, according to a recent statistical report. These exceptional numbers are due in large part to the crazy world we lived in in 2020. But before we jump into the present day shop culture tech experience, let's take a step back and dive into just how quickly we went from buying only books online to what retailers now call omni-channel shopping experiences. To take us from the past to the present, here's Joe Scarupa, retail expert and editor-at-large for RIS News. Oh, it was definitely the consumers. I mean, Amazon was certainly in the right place at the right time. I mean, other people were around, too. Uh, certainly, eBay had a lot that was going well for them. Uh, Yahoo, at the time, had a lot that was going for them. They were they were all making money in different ways. And retailers basically thought, hey, you know, I want to, uh, you know, shoppers are adopting this uh, in, you know, large numbers. And, and, and that's something we can't ignore. But all they did was put up a website, you know, all they did was, you know, put up a product catalog. I mean, they had prices on it and, and, they, and people were able to buy, but then it turned out that they they didn't really have warehouses that could ship individual products. And people were ordering from Amazon and getting it in two to four days at that time. And retailers would give them like two week delivery time frame, and then it would be delayed. It wouldn't even make that. And so, so then the customers became dissatisfied with how the standard retailers were operating. And so retailers had to catch up and it took them quite a while they did it kicking and screaming in a lot of cases, but shoppers demanded it, so they got on board. Where, where you know, shoppers really drove the process. And another thing I love about retail is retail is on the front lines of what people want. Uh, they have no business unless they satisfy shoppers. They have no business if they aren't giving shoppers what they want. So shoppers definitely wanted the ease of um, shopping from home. Uh, that said, um, they also realized that there was a lot of efficiency associated with shopping from home. I, I could search, I could compare, I could get uh, prices and sizes and colors and uh, and things that, that I could never find uh, inside a store. But, but then that became kind of a way that, you know, we, we called it store rooming for a while. Yeah. And, uh, 
uh, your, or showrooming for a while. And then retailers, you know, showrooming is a great thing. Why don't we enable shoppers to come into our stores? And if they can't find what they want, let's give them the app or the, the way to access it from a kiosk or, or some sort of digital system to allow them to, to actually look at things in the store, find what they're looking for. Maybe they can't find their size. Maybe they can't find their color. But then we we give them the access to do it right there, order it online, or allow our associates to order it online. So that's that's the kind of blending of you know the physical retail with the digital retail that really works best for shoppers and retailers both. Omnichannel is defined as an experience that integrates the current methods of shopping available to consumers, such as online, in a physical store, or even by phone. The key is that the experience is seamless and connected, like the retailer knows your preferences, past experiences, and help it makes it easy, regardless of where you actually buy, shop, or get the product. And this is much, much harder than it sounds. A ton of tech innovation, software, big data, machine learning goes into making these modern connected shopping experiences possible. Cloud has really been a transformative uh, delivery mechanism for all of the systems that operate stores and keep them running efficiently. And prior to the cloud, so many of this uh, was developed along the lines of, uh, you know, you don't really hear this that much anymore, but it was so big. Uh, a few decades ago uh, was uh, ERP systems. And those ERP systems were so proprietary and so customized that they could not scale to all of the omnichannel things we're talking about. And they were really roadblocks and choke points. And it was so hard to add on new things, a simple thing like what was happening during the COVID-19 epidemic was, well, let's set up curbside pickup. Do you know how many retailers had curbside pickup prior to COVID-19? Very few. I mean, probably less than 10%. And all of a sudden, given a few weeks notice, they had to roll that out. That's a very hard thing to do with proprietary systems built on the old um, server model, mainframe model, uh, ERP model. And so the cloud has been a lifesaver for uh, retailers to standardize um, their systems, to create microservices um, containers, to be able to plug in, plug out whatever they need, whenever it's, you know, whenever the flexibility demands that they respond to consumer trends. So the cloud has been a huge uh, component of digital transformation and digital transformation itself has been a major trend. It's not about technology for technology's sake. It's, for, it's technology to support all the things that consumers like and support your business. You should never invest in technology if your company has no plans for growth. One of the retailers absolutely killing it is Dick's Sporting Goods. And the retailer's success lies in its 73-year-old legacy of customer obsession. Here's Jason Williams, VP of Athlete Technology. 
So we, we consider all of our customers athletes in, in some way or another, they they have an aspiration to do sports, whether they're playing it themselves, it's their kids playing in the, you know, they, they're just doing as a, a leisure specific or to, or to stay in shape, regardless, they are our athletes and that's the way we treat them. We want to view them. So not only my title, but a lot of the teams that we create under my portfolios that I support have athlete as part of that, um, the naming culture and that convention. We call it uh, being obsessed over the athlete. That's what that's that's part of the roots of Dick Sporting Goods. I've personally shopped at Dick's pretty much my whole life. We take family trips to the store, or I order online and have everything from golf balls to boxing equipment delivered right to my door. In other words, I'm a huge fan of the company's omni-channel experience. We want to create that experience where that in-store um, as well as online have that same omni-channel experience. So, you know, our e-commerce is an extension of our stores. So we really see our stores as the hub of the the omni-channel experience that we offer. So um, whether you're um, fulfilling from one of our stores where you buy online, pick up in store or shipping from our stores because we have... 800 uh, forward points of distribution so we can get the hands of the product into our customers' hands as soon as possible. But we, we see that as one holistic experience um, when, you, when, you, when you see it externally. And, and we want to create that interactive experience for our customers because um, folks still want to come in and they want to feel and they want to see and they want to try on. But we want to give them the ability to either order online or order in the store uh, and, and combine that experience. Uh, it's, it's something we're continually investing in. Um, we made strides over the years to really understand who our customer is, collect all the necessary data that we have of, of, across the online shopping experience, the in-store behaviors, um, knowing what our customers buying trends are and what, what they're searching for online um, and, and creating that scorecard loyalty program, which was pretty significant in 2021 um, or in 2020 over the course of the year. I think we, we increased our loyalty um, in our athletes. We acquired, I think it was 8.5 million new athletes uh, according to our 2020 uh, earnings call. So it's, it's really understanding how we leverage that data and how we expose it. Um, we obviously take um, consuming and, and ensuring that the data could be um, aggregated and used appropriately across the, our different organizations and portfolios. Um, and, and really, it's, it's, it's driven around uh, real-time personalized data. Like so many other companies across the world, the pandemic had a significant impact on Dick Sporting Goods and its customer athletes. So we saw a significant spike in demand for sports like golf and tennis and in-home fitness. Um, we realized our customers wanted to remain act active and healthy and they wanted to move. And those are some of the activities they could do safely. But we had to really figure out ways that we can provide that product to our customers in a, in a, in a safe way. Uh, so we stayed focused on that from a merchandising perspective, working with our suppliers and vendors to get that product to our stores. Um, we found that the curbside service was extremely beneficial for that uh, as customers could, you know, same day delivery options for, for products that, they, that were in high demand. Since our teammates weren't focused on the foot traffic coming in the store, we were able to fulfill those orders very quickly. We saw a significant increase in BAPAS orders and online sales over the course of the year. We often reference uh, our, our curbside pickup, uh, our contactless curbside pickup uh, process is one of the big de facto wins that we had during that time. And we were able to deliver that service within 48 hours. But if we hadn't made that investment, you know, within those years prior, we would not have been able to do that. 
Um, so, you know, making those mean, meaningful investments in technology with the long uh, long game in mind, it, it's really changed our mindset and allows us to stay nimble and try new things and be resilient and be able to pivot and work on things that matter to our customers at that time. Nobody could have guessed what we went through this past year. Um, but being a flexible and nimble and having the ability um, to make those changes uh, is, is, uh, is extremely important. The end result that we had to our customers, we built, um, but it was based on a lot of services that we already had readily available with our, our pick and pack process in the stores that we built for our teammates, with the inventory, real-time inventory services that were readily available. We were able to tie that together and put a product out there quickly across multiple portfolios. So this touched marketing, it touched e-com, and it touched stores. Um, and we were able to build a service uh, and quickly light that up. And then um, after we had that initial MVP in place, we were able to iterate to add additional features to it. Um, you know, I, it, it, it was stood up quickly, but um, I, it was probably years in the making, to tell you the truth. Um, and, it, and it really resonated with our customers. It, it provided a safe means for us to provide our products uh, that was safe both for our teammates and for our athletes. <laughs> The Diggs technology team isn't taking their foot off the pedal, even remotely. They're focusing on continuing to be a leading innovator that pushes the entire retail industry into the next era. And as always, core to their purpose and values are people, its employees, and its customer athletes. I think the game's going to change in the next five years and, and staying ahead of that is going to be key. Um, obviously, data is an area that we're going to continue to invest in. Um, taking a mobile first approach, um, we've, we've often done that. We see the, the mobile, uh, uh, whether it's, it's on the online shopping experience or some of the mobile apps that we build uh, to ensure that our teammates are more efficient. So obviously within the stores, connectivity will be a, um, a, a very, very big topic over the coming years. But really, we see the differentiator being our talent. You know, we, DSG is hiring futurists. They want people that really think outside of the box and build more innovative software. You know, it may not be a software solve, maybe it's a business process solve, but we as a technology org need to be able to provide that, understand our business, and know where we can drive uh, efficiencies or new capabilities um, to help the entire organization. Now, let's go back to Joe to talk about one of my favorite future gazing topics. You guessed it, robots. People don't really like to use this word, robots or robotics, because it, it sounds so techy and so goofy with all of the, the movies. So let's use the term autonomous services. Um, and advancements certainly predated COVID, um, like artificial intelligence and computer vision and advanced sensing systems were all ramping up and making big gains prior to COVID. But guess what? During COVID, touchless um, and, and autonomous you know, services, autonomous processes became very, very important. And so when we realized that, that a lot of the warehouses that are you know, going up by advanced retailers today, many of those are completely autonomous. And guess what? That has a value um, in the touchless uh, COVID world. But it's not just limited to, to, to warehouses and in, in that way. Um, there are a lot of robots now going into stores that actually uh, do automated um, you know, cleaning and sanitizing. 
Um, they sanitize the stores, they, they clean up spills, um, and they enable stores to practice a better kind of social distancing and, and contactless protocols. Both Sam's Club and Schnucks in the Midwest, uh, they recently began expanding their robotic fleet by adding autonomous floor scrubbers to make their stores safer. Other retailers that that are you know doing more with robots include uh, Amazon of course uh, in their uh, warehouses but also the Gap American Eagle Chewy and, and others and so autonomous uh, processes um, that are being handled by bots um, that is a major trend and I see that really exploding in the next year or two it will be mainstream and every retailer will have robots in one form or another For some, shopping is an art. For others, it's a sport. It can be a vice and it can be a cause. Some love it, some hate it. Rarely is someone indifferent. Pamela Klofka. And that's it for this episode. Join me in giving a warm thanks to our expert guests, Joe Skarupa of RIS News and Jason Williams of Dick's Sporting Goods. I'm Blakely Thomas Aguilar, and this is Pop Culture Tech. Our podcast is brought to you by VMware, the software that powers the world's complex digital infrastructure. Learn more at VMware.com. Have questions about today's episode or just want to talk about your favorite shop culture tech? Follow me at Blakely Ags and use hashtag Pop Culture Tech. Until next time.